I'm going to fire myself. Please. Please please do? Yeah. You've had enough of me? No, no, no. I just don't have the heart to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Someone needs to. I meant fire myself up. Mm-mm. Apparently, I left myself open. Oh, sure, sure, to, sure, sure. Uh, Sorry. No, no. I, no. no, that's absolutely right. That's fine. It's good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's that's good. That was my mistake. <laughs> the nervous sheep. <laughs> I mean, anything, boss. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm Double D. Oh, are you? Very yeah. good. Nice. I didn't know you ever measured. <laughs> but there you go. Now you know uh, what, uh, what Dave's size is. I don't know what that is. means. What does that mean, Double D? Uh, what's that? Yeah, it's a cup size. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Oh, is it? Oh, well, very good. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, well, is it big? Small? It's, yeah, it's quite large. Oh, yeah. forget it then. What, do, what is it? Does it sound small? Double D. Does that sound small? I don't know. I don't know. What double dainty? Double... Uh, if, you, if I said double Z, that would sound very large. Mm. But double D, it sounds very, it seems very low in the alphabet right. to be to be large. I'm trying to remember what Club Z was. Was that Zeller's Club? I was thinking that was a thing. Probably was. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah. And if it was Club Z, it would have been Canadian. That sounds. Yeah. That's where the lowest price is the law. That used to be the deal at Zeller's. Mm. The lowest price was That's the right. law, and that was the only law. That's Anything else took place there. in the Zeller's, you could just get away with. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. As long as you could claim lowest price. Yep. As long as, yeah, that's right. As, as you say in The Simpsons, monkey knife fights and whatnot. But uh, yeah, just as long as it was the lowest price monkeys mm-hmm. and lowest price knives, yeah. then, you were, uh, then you were fine. It's the law. Yeah. Ze- Zeller's was, if you've ever been to a Kmart, then you've been to a Zeller's. Yeah, basically the same thing. Only the Canadian version of a Kmart. Yeah. Well, but we also had Kmarts in Canada. We should have just called it C-Mart if it was the Canadian version. Why? C for Canada. And K for? For? Strike, strike out. F- for strike out? Yeah. How is oh I what that's how that's I think that's how they score a straight code in a scorecard is with a K oh is that right yeah I, I didn't know that there you go I was okay. you're welcome all right I no uh, there we go it's so uh, I don't know much about sports is what uh, the original title of this podcast but was he, but he knows what he likes he does and uh, I like doing this podcast and I like uh, talking to oh. you nice people hey we just uh, recorded uh, another podcast uh, isn't that great that we're talking about the other podcast in the middle of this podcast well that's the way we do here but this is the cross promotion type thing we got to mention right. on the one podcast yep. that we do the other podcast otherwise the podcasts don't promote each other sure and then we're just uh, what are we doing what are we doing out here? We're cross-polluting. We're, we're two parallel lines that will never converge. Cross-pollinating, I meant. Exactly. We're yeah. dressed as a couple of bees, <laughs> and we're exactly. just rubbing our butts on the microphones. <laughs> uh, the other podcast we do okay. is one called Fansplainers, and uh, on there, we, because we don't want to spoil uh, movies for you on this one, uh, we do a deep dive on uh, some films, and the one we just recorded... Which will be coming up your way in a week or two? Next week. Next, next week. Next Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be uh, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. So we've finally done a superhero movie. Yep. You're welcome. Yep. After all the other superhero movies we've done. I thought it was a movie about a big eclipse in uh, Arizona, but not. Mm. That was a dumb joke. So the idea You're of, welcome. I'm now thinking about this, and we didn't mention this in the other thing, mm. uh, the other podcast. Dark Phoenix. Yeah. That sounds like a weird thing. Like a phoenix. A phoenix is, you know, rising from the ashes. Sure. It's light. It's yep. fire. But this yep. one's dark. Yep. Well, how will you see it? It's too dark. 
The whole thing about <laughs> yeah. a phoenix is it's full of light okay. and uh, you know rebirth and whatever. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. this one's like low key and dark. Okay. It's not a it's not an actual phoenix for mm-hmm. one thing. So and darkness I think refers to its general demeanor, which is a teenager. Right, a teenager in your mind is a dark phoenix. Is a is a is a child as a child with it in, in the dark in a dark dark clothes, dark room, dark posters. You know, yeah. like your own little goth in your house. It's weird when. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I was uh, gothic fiction. I was a comics nerd, and now I'm a comics nerd. Um, but grow, growing up, you know, yeah. I, I used to love Marvel comics, and okay. it, it's just so strange to me that there are so many of these things out there now. Yeah, like you know, you get to, you get your Avengers Endgame, and mm. then you get your Dark Phoenix to the point where your list is like, oh yeah, Dark Phoenix is just the movie that's in between this and Spider Man. You know. Right, like you wouldn't even, as a kid, think like, "Oh, they'll still be making Star Wars movies." You wouldn't have thought that. Like, no, it's Star Wars. Now yeah. it's done, or it was yeah. the trilogy, yeah. And then it's that's that's the end. It sure seemed like it. it sure, and it sure did. And mm-hmm. then it, it it didn't. No, <laughs> and then it wasn't. But like, I live in a world where the majority of the big hit movies are comic book movies of things that characters that I love. Sure. sure. So I feel like, well, that's great. Then you go on to like Netflix and you got, uh, you know, uh, Jessica Jones and you got all this. And then they're like, uh, you got the Runaways and you got, uh, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now we're going to get a whole channel with all these kind of things on there. And it's just like, uh, you think I'd be sick of it. I am not. I am uh, <laughs> the kid in the candy store yeah. who is not sick of candy yet. Well, you've been reading those comics for a long time. I have. So, so you're not sick of that. I'm not even counting things like there's a Doom Patrol TV show mm. that I'm not even like a third of the way through. And I'm like, I'll get to it. Like, it's there. This is just ridiculous that these things exist. But they're there. I, I watched I watched the first episode of that. And? It was it's kind of weird. It gets it gets into interesting it's, things, and I've seen clips of later ones that yeah. are good. But I, yeah, I'm I'm I couldn't connect to it. I'm a bit of a I'm, slow go. Yeah, the first the 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 first one. I mean, I, I like Alan uh, Ruddick, Ruck, Ruddick, Alan Ruddick, Ruddick. You know, the guy who's uh, Mister T- Nobody. Tudyk. Tudyk is that yeah. his name? Okay, Alan Ruddick Ruck is uh, the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller. Now I'm thinking about that. That's right. Oops. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's great and nice and over the top, and everyone seems to be having an over the top good time mm. uh a bit but too I mean, many can't that character for either. me he's a, yeah. he's a villain is he mr nobody is he though oh the one i saw he seemed like being set up as a villain yeah he's set kids. up as a villain but you know in a in the doom patrol world who's a villain who's a hero up what's is, a thing what's up is down up and is down, down is down up, is up and yeah. data is mama and mama is data and, and data is an art form and that's and mama is also what the is MoMA. It? Sorry, I was thinking of the MoMA. What She's an art MoMA, gallery. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. There MoMA. you are. MoMA is a movie where the characters inexplicably go to a scary place at night. There you are. You know, if you're going to go visit a scary place, plan your day better. That's yeah, my exactly. advice to everyone. Smart Maybe enough. take the day off so you can leave earlier. Make an early start. Yeah, the other weird thing to me is like that uh, I live in Vancouver, which is where all of the you know CW mm-hmm. uh, superhero shows yep. uh, uh, shoot. Uh, you know, I, I still remember like, uh, the, the back before you had the good Daredevil TV show when you had like the Incredible Hulk meeting Daredevil and, uh, mm. you know, like, oh, I walked by this building, like, oh, that's the Kingpin's tower. Yeah. There we go. Oh, that's where the Hulk was. Oh, that's where this, that, and the other. Oh, this is where Watchmen, uh, did their thing. I just like the whole world grew up to be comic books around me, which is pretty, uh, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. The point, sure. my, my, my wife's got a comic book TV show coming up. My wife does. That well, doesn't sound right, right? You are surrounded. That can't be. That can't be correct. And yet, <laughs> and yet, somehow it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's pretty pretty neat. I work in comic books. I make comic books. What? That doesn't make sense. I do a podcast. What do we do? We're talking about comic book movies. Huh? Is that right? <laughs> there seem to be a lot of them. Yeah, there seem there seem to be. You know, but there's a, there's more still more listeners than there are people making podcasts. And as long as there are, we're okay. As long as they outnumber us, we're okay. <laughs> Someone at work mentioned that for the first time, more people listen to podcasts than listen to. I didn't hear what he said though. <laughs> I missed that part. So I thought, well, let's listen to the end of conversations. No, I just, it got noisy. It got noisy. So then I missed it. And I was like, oh, I should go and check on what that was, but I forgot to. So I'm going to assume that he was going to say radio. Yeah, I'm going to say radio as well. Because uh, for the first time, but of course, a lot of podcasting is just recycled radio. How so? Well, like if you listen to CBC, like if you listen to CBC podcasts, you're listening to shows okay, or this that American are played Life, on yeah. air and, and NPR podcasts are recycled shows. Um, so in that way, and like sports ones as well, like a lot of okay. sports ones. Are, but I'd say the majority of podcasts are original. The majority of podcasts are original. I said some are right. recycled radio. But something like a yeah, WTF or you know any mm-hmm. of these interview ones. Yeah. yeah. Or Sneaky Dragon. Or Sneaky Dragon, that's it's, right. It's I've never listened to that one, but it's original yeah, I'll, take your, I'll take your word for it. It's all original. You know, I'm really enjoying... No um, one else does what we do. I'm really enjoying Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Okay. I'm really enjoying that podcast a lot. Uh, WTF, I still, I still uh, give a listen to. I want to start listening to more scripted podcasts, but uh, uh, it just feels like a big commitment of my attention okay. more yeah. than uh, listening yeah. to a conversation. A little too foreground for you, hey? Maybe a little bit, yeah. I've been, uh, it's been a while, so I, I decided to re-listen to all of the Great Eastern, my my favorite. Did you record it or is it available? No, it's available online if you go to, if you look, just look up Great Eastern. The Great Eastern? Okay. The Great Eastern. And then CBC? Newfoundland's Cultural Magazine. No, it's not through CBC anymore. Okay. It's its own thing. Uh, some a friend of the show started a website for them, wow, and it has all it has all of the episodes there that you can download or listen to on their. And own. does it still hold up? It does actually. Yeah, it does really. I mean, there's some things that are there's some things that are little little sketchy, like not sketchy in the sense of, but too sketch like, like too ah, okay. sketch comedy ish. Because I don't think the show, you know, it probably started, it kind of grew out of sketch comedy, and but those elements of it are kind of are kind of things that hold it back from. From become from what it became, you know what if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. How many seasons did it go? They did six seasons. I want to say five, okay. maybe for, five. And, seasons. and for those who have never heard of it, maybe what 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 is it? How would you describe it? Well, if I was going to tell someone, yeah, the idea of the show is that it's an alternate unit. It, it takes place in an alternate universe mm-hmm. where, in Newfoundland, the broadcasting corporation in Newfoundland continued on into the modern age, and so when you hear the show, you are listening to. Part of a larger broadcast of a culture, like of a cultural magazine show, like a radio magazine show of the sort that we would have normally, like NPR, I'm sure has a, you know, all things considered or something like that, whatever the show would be called, where you have interviews with, you know, authors or you have book segments, you have a political segment, you have, you know, and so, but in this show, you have this sort of alternate universe where, where there was a, Newfoundland pianist named Hugh Cuva, who also was a wrestler who okay. fought, who whose arch arch nemesis was a was another wrestler named Scientist, but <laughs> Hugh Cuva was also a submonolist, which is this particular type of of art of 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 art form that's strictly created for the uh, Great Eastern, and it just it's a wonderfully detailed show. It's it's a coal fired radio station. Uh-huh. 
it has a so it has that Stoker's Union, and so that's part of the part of the show. And and the and the, of course, when they did the show, they had to fight against the CBC, who wanted to break the break the fourth wall of the show and and you know have like the names of the creators in the show, right? And have credits at the end of each episode. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what we want. We want the show to end like this. And how the way the show ends is the Great Eastern ends. It goes to the traffic, the weather watchdog, Erling Biggs, doing the traffic report. And then it cuts off before he finishes the traffic report. And then it would go to the news or whatever came up next on the CBC. Now, why didn't you mention... Now, the host of the show was Paul Moth. Paul Moth, yes. Why didn't you mention to me that his middle name was uh, Boothby? Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. yeah. Paul Boothby Moth. Yeah. yeah, why don't you let me know that? <laughs> I don't know. I That's I, how you hook me in, I thought brother. I would make you self-conscious. Oh, okay. All right. I'm all... Well, let me, give away, let me give away a little... I'm probably talking about this show anymore because it's one of my little favorite jokes in the show, which all is right, that please. it started in episode one. Not episode one, but in season one, we learned that who Paul Moth... You know, we learned about Paul Moth. We learned that he came from a family called uh, the Moths. They came from Holland, okay. from the uh, town of Ucker. And as the show went on... We learned more and more about his family. There was an incident where he was at like doing like a report from a village fet and he gets kind of, um, harassed by this crazy Scottish guy who's really angry with him and he doesn't know why and basically, you know, puts a curse on him and tells him that, you know, and then later on we hear that he's had to bring out a restraining order against this guy and that, you know, it's a weird thing and they're trying to work it out. And then we finally get to this episode where he has a genealogist come on the show and he's, hired this person to look into his family history and she's brought some interesting things. She has some interesting facts that, you know, they were, of course, part of Acker, the House of Acker. They went, they were, uh, they left Holland. They went to Scotland where they were granted land by King James and were put down the Crofters' Rebellion. So that's why this, we, that's why this Scottish guy's mad at them. He's still holding this grudge against the Moth family. And then, surprise, surprise, she has found this wax cylinder recording of Paul Moth's grandfather reciting this poem about this incident. And so he does this, does he, so they cut to this person who's been recorded in a stable. You can hear the horses and stuff in the background. And he's telling this, this poem. And, and the poem goes like, I can't remember. He has the head of the, the leader of the Crofters Rebellion on a pike. And this person, as they're dying, says his lips pucker. And he gives his, these last dying words, a curse on you, Moth of Ucker. And it's just like four years to get to a joke that ends with motherfucker. And I just thought, well, that's great. That's so brilliant. Like that you would have, you just would give yourself that time for a payoff on a joke. And it's so sad to me that the show ended because, you know, as it built its, as it built its universe, you know, to have the Newfoundland African, the, you know, Newfoundland had a colony in Africa. They got it quite late in the, you know, uh, called Ugubamba. And, you know, the town there, they just gave them these kind of rock and roll names, Bebopalula. <laughs> and, so, you know, and there's an episode where Paul Moth goes there and there's this very Heart of Darkness-like episode where he goes up the river to shut down the radio station of this guy who's who's doing uh, his own radio. He started his own radio. And so it's just, this, you know, just all these kind of weird radio jokes. But, you know, it just it's so much of it is world building. So, you know, not only is it this Newfoundland... Uh, colony but also there's he has to take all these shots because you know and wear special zinc line underwear because of these fireworms that are there and then there's a hee hee fly that causes you know uncontrollable laughter and you have to so he has to get inoculated for these things and then you know he he's uh and what's 
and then one sequence where he has to get a shot in the eyeball, which is so great, you know, because it is you just hear his panic as it, you know, it's just it's, keep your eye open, yeah. eye open. He's just like, <laughs> you know, it's just really, you know, and then cuts it cuts off to whatever, and then and then they started building and like, and so why I'm sad that it ended is because in the I was listening to season five, and I could hear them like building in new ideas that to further explore because they'll introduce an idea mm-hmm. very early on. They'll talk about the Funk Islands, which is where the Great East, the, the BCN has a, re, a, re, a repeater station. So it's basically a giant battery. And then part of someone's every year, annually, one person from the station has to go stay there for an entire year to mm-hmm. man the Funk, the battery. So you're just all by yourself in this enormous battery surrounded by seagulls. <laughs> and so there's an episode where Paul has to go there to rescue Erling Biggs from possible madness. So, But they would introduce it early on and then slowly build it so that when you got to that episode, you're like, ah, it's all paying off all this stuff. You know, and they were so smart this way. So in season, this the second to last season I've been listening to, they introduced a thing where Sir Freeman Croft, Crotty, the radio commissioner, has died. He's been replaced by someone who is more more involved in radio. Suddenly, they no longer have access to their former former German uh, radio, like microphones and stuff like that. Uh, where the the name was like, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Krups Krups <laughs> Krups Funkenscheid. That's what it was called. Okay, the company was called that. Sure. So now it's a different company. It's a Korean electronics company called Shiati, who's being pushed pushed on them, and the the stuff's not quite as good. It's not quite as good as the the German stuff, and. But he's talking to a professor on the air, and in the middle of their interview, he's abducted from the phone <laughs> because he's talking about this conspiracy, possible conspiracy with this Shiati stuff coming in, and what does it mean? Is it spying on us? Blah blah blah. And then he's abducted, and so they start that. So you're like, oh, where can that go? But they they didn't cover it in season six because they're just building up to it. They like to keep it. Yeah. So well, and the other thing they talk about near the end of season five is this lab where they did this eugenics experience experiments in Newfoundland to build the perfect. Newfoundlander. And so they had these children there and then, but they developed a habit of attacking people and biting them. And so they shut it down and they're like, oh, okay, well, it's quite good. They shut it down. Yeah. A few of the kids are unaccounted for, but it's all been closed <laughs> down. So you're like, oh, where can they go with this? This is so interesting. But then, once again, they did not explore that in any big way in the season six. So, ah, it's too bad. Or season five, whatever, whatever, however it went. Now, did they, uh, did they do any spinoffs or anything like that? Yes. They did do a spinoff. Uh, they did one was a Marconi special celebrating the anniversary of Marconi in Newfoundland because that's Signal Hill in Newfoundland is where the first radio okay, broadcast yep, was received. Right. So they did a special for that with Paul Moth as the host of that. And of course, it's a disaster because Paul Moth can't help but become involved in a disaster. And then the other thing was they uh, did a uh, fun one called Sunny Days, which was... I've got that here, yeah. Sunny okay. Days and Nights. Yeah, Paul Moth uh, is hired to act as a interim host for a radio station in the cottage country in Ontario. And so it's a little bit different in focus. It's not as much of the... There's no BCN uh, mythology there. It's a sort of a new mythology for this this kind of area of in the lake country in uh, Ontario doing this sort of summer broadcast. And so there's a lot of you know, kind of cottage country jokes and and things like that. But that's also very good. Oh, it's such a great buildup. I don't want to give it away. There's okay. just a fantastic buildup in the. It's only six episodes, but it creates this relationship between Paul Moth and and his uh, kind of producer in the show, this mm-hmm. young girl. And he declares her love. He declares his love for her during this electrical storm in the final episode, and it just pays off so so great. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a really good show. You should uh, put a link to it on our uh, uh, yeah, page. Maybe, yeah, I should do that. Yeah, it's well worth listening to. And you can, if you have the ability, like, uh, to like put stuff on your phone, which I that's what I do. Like, I just have the episodes on my phone right now, so I'm just listening through them again. Just because it's been a, like probably maybe seven years or something since yeah. I last, last listened to them, and so I'm enjoying it again. There's things I remember and some things I. I wish I could fast forward through while I'm driving, but I can't. But uh, but for the most part, especially when you get to the later shows, and if you're wondering what show what show should I listen to, oh, that's a good question. Now, season season five, episode three, mm-hmm. is like a is like an uh, American Life, this American Life, uh, uh, documentary uh, about the station. Mm-hmm. So you get some you get some like kind of past episode stuff mixed in with some new new material. Uh, and that's wonderfully evocative of, of the station as well. And then the Economology episode is really great too. If you go, if you go to the website, it uh, lists what the show's about. It gives you like a little kind of okay. show notes. So you can kind of look through them and, and see like, oh, this one's the half hour Economology episode, which is like, it's basically like, um, Scientology, but it's based in like, it's R. Bennett Manning. So it's a kind of parody of conservative politics in Canada, but turning it into like a cult. Uh, based around economics, so economology. It's clever. Nice. It's a very clever show. I think that's why I got cancelled. It's a little too clever. Well, it, it was on for quite a while, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess six years. I, they could. That's have, pretty good. It is good. I just wish they could have gone a little off. Yeah, little more. sure. Understood. I mean, how long is Air Force? Was Air Force in the air? Was Air Force? I think it's still going. Was it deserving of that kind of? You know, no, I don't think, so. I don't think it's a deserving game. I don't think. That's no, I don't think it is. Work. The problem. Also, I think when you show up early. You know, uh, you yeah, can just stick around helped. in and Canada. The problem for the Great Eastern was that the model for shows changed at the CBC. The model now for comedy shows is that it's live. You can charge an audience to come in and see it, and then you can rebroadcast it on, on the air. So you well, have medley off in all directions, the debaters. The debaters have to pay to see. Okay. The I, relevant I, I've, show, been, I've been on the debaters six times, so I can't... Uh, a relevant yeah. show you had to pay to see. Okay. Um, madly off in all directions, you have to pay to see. But uh, for many seasons, there was also uh, this is that that was uh, its own its own kind of world, okay. and its own you know uh, cool. you know it just uh, it would make fake news and uh, and uh, people would freak out about it. Cool, yeah, yeah. The problem for the shows like that is they're expensive to make because they involve not just going into a live location and recording. And yeah, then, but you have to have like a bed of sound effects and music. And you got to put an effort in. Yeah, there's engineering. There's engineers who are involved in it. There's a producer. All shows have producers, but you know, there's just a high level of of. Uh, yeah, I was just like, trying to see like how many seasons this is. Uh, this is that one on for eight. Oh, that's yeah. It's, better uh, than Pat the Great Kelly Eastern. and Peter Old Oring, who I know both of them from improv. Okay. Uh, and uh, and yeah, July uh, 2010 to December uh, 2018. Oh, I didn't never heard that. I'll have to listen to it. So yeah. yeah. So it was done. It was that a, it was a studio based one. Yeah, they 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 recorded it all, and they also did some videos as well. My okay. friend Chris Casillan is uh, in one of their uh, videos. There's one. Yeah, he's he's a chef who likes frozen vegetables more than fresh vegetables, and is oh. cuts a lot of corners. There's another one. Uh, another yeah. person I know is in. They're, uh, they're good. They're good for uh, chicken chicken pie. If you're making chicken pie, just use frozen oh, vegetables. Absolutely. And uh, there's another one about a woman who's uh, collects uh, Canadian water and sneaks it over the border. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, good. they did. Uh, they did some really good stuff. They're uh, very, very clever. 
Yeah. I do like Clever. Peter Oldring is the star of a uh, movie that is not very good. Sorry to bring up a movie that's not very good. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was some movie about a hospital. There we go. Yes, uh, uh, very not good. Uh, it was called uh, Intern Academy. Mm. And I know a couple of people are in that as well. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was written and directed by Dave Thomas from uh, SCTV. Okay. Uh, tried his best. Tried to make a crazy doctor farce. And yeah. uh, oh boy. It's also <laughs> known as uh, White Coats. Uh. And uh, it's, uh, oh boy. Was one of the kids in the hall in that as well? I'm betting so. Yes, Dave Foley was in it. As was That's Dan right. Aykroyd. That's right, Dave Foley. I just finished reading uh, One Dumb Guy, the book you lent me. So. Oh, okay. And what did you think of that? First of all, that's a book about the kids in the hall written by the kids Paul the Myers. Hall, written by Paul Myers, yes. And it's, uh, a- it's the kind of book I like. I like uh, I like people telling a story. Mm. You know, I like, I like a lot of interviews. I like a lot of... Uh, a lot of different people talking about the same kind of thing, and then you kind of get an idea of maybe what it was. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a, there was a Live from New York, the uh, Saturday Night Live book that was a lot okay. like that. There's okay. one about the Daily Show that I really enjoyed. But sorry, back to you. What did you think of it? The Paul Meyer one is less of a oral history. It's more yeah. more of a, I mean, it has interviews, but it has also a yeah. Paul Meyer writing the story. What did I think about it? I thought it was quite good. I mean, I really did enjoy Kids in the Hall in its in its day. So it was fun to read. I enjoyed I enjoyed reading. No, I guess I enjoyed all of it. I well, I enjoyed I enjoyed the coming up. Like I enjoyed reading about them. They're you know working through Calgary and and going to Toronto and, and, and you know working there. And I just enjoyed like kind of kind of build up the kids in the hall. Was I thought it was very interesting because just what I like is just the factors of like well, so and so got tired of this and he left. Yep. And such and such, or these two got hired to do write for a different show, so they left. Like Frank Van Keeken, who mm-hmm. um, bizarrely wanted to work with us. Um, he he left the troupe. Well, we were putting together a sketch comedy show. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He pitched himself for it, and we listened to it, and they were really good. But we already had like enough people, and mm-hmm. and then there we, there we go. But we've I've I've worked with Frank later on on Big Sound and some other things. Sure, and I think that's where he's kind of made his money because, and that's what happened with Kids in the Hall. I mean, kids, kids shows actually. He he's created a couple of uh, successful kids shows. I don't know what he went on to, but he left. He and another guy left the troupe to go write like write for television right and they're also frank also did uh, a bit of stand-up mm, yeah, as well. I, yeah i remember stand-up I remember him around town and our friend by the way our friend um louise moon yes oh my gosh am i blanking on the name of the book she did the illustrations for one of his books okay which i can't remember the title of but louise will write in i hope and uh, tell us in the comments section underneath this episode and then we'll uh plug the something of august castile i want to say oh i'm i'm forgetting it but it was very funny stories and louise's okay. art was uh very good in it as well she's, she's a very good artist yeah yeah, so it was this. It was interesting to just what could be and then what was. It's, it's sort of fun to read, you know, someone like um, Scott Thompson joining almost accidentally. Or well, he was a fan. He's he a an fan, extreme he, fan, and like, he demanded to kind of. Yeah, he hung around yeah. so much that he became part of the group. Yeah, I think that's just great because he was such an integral part of it and an important part of the group. So it just really, it's fun. And then, then I also enjoyed, I also enjoyed when they hated each other. Like, I thought that was kind of fun to read about, too. Like, yeah. Dave Foley being such a problem while they're making uh, brain candy. I just thought it was very interesting when th- that kind of, there was that kind of fallout from all that close, emotional closeness for so long when things, when, you know, when people, when 
people get tired of each other and things go a little awry. It's very, it's also interesting. Yeah, you put everything into a show like that. You put yeah. everything into it. Yeah. And you just get raw and then, yeah, you can, ugh. Yeah. It, it, it just becomes like a family and yeah. like a family. And there was jealousy. No one makes you angrier. Things, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Dave Foley did very well for a while. When he, after he left the music news radio, he did a Bug's Life. Yeah. You know, and, and so, but they still wanted him to be their Dave Foley. And he's like, well, no, I'm not that Dave Foley anymore, you know. But you have to be. Yeah. So I think he had a, I don't think he is very present in Brain Candy, is he? No, not so much. No, yeah. he was, he, yeah, he's, you, if you didn't know that, that they had like a bit yeah. of a falling out, yeah. you know, you probably wouldn't totally notice it because mm-hmm. he does have some really good scenes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, if you do know it, you, you go like, oh yeah, this all makes a bit more sense. And yeah. it is too bad. It I is really, too bad. I he... really did like Brain Candy, but I, I get the criticisms of it. Yeah. You know? It is, yeah, it's more like a third movie than it is a, a first movie. Yeah. Man, did Roger Ebert hate it. Oh, I remember that review so much where he just was like <laughs> yelling about how much it was unfunny. Yeah. And I'd just come from it in the theater and uh, the audience I saw it would like loved it, but yeah. we were like a bunch of Canadians, so we were on board. Well, then you'd say to Roger Ebert, but you think Rod- you think that Russ Meyer movies are funny. Like, yeah. So you're, you're equally questionable. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that hilarious Nazi humor in Russell Meyer films. Um, there are other things that those films have going for them. You know what they have going for them, Dave? Double Ds. Well, this show has that going for it, too. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was... And then uh, The Making Death Comes to Town, which is another thing I quite enjoyed that mm-hmm. they did. What I really, what I liked most about the Kids in the Hall show was the, how weird it was. Like it was, it was just had some, some yeah, you weird, never knew what it was going to, weird things yeah. that they would do. Just crazy, weird, like inexplicably weird things. And I, I always appreciated that element of it. It was the mix of the uh, artsy and the, I won't say commercial, but uh, giving yeah. people what they want. So like you yeah. do have reoccurring characters, mm. but there was re- there was characters that you went like, well, clearly this is going to be the character that's a reoccurring character that will really take off, like Cabbage Head. Yeah, and then like, man, we're done with Cabbage Head. Let's move on and see see see, yeah. see what's next. Yeah. And then they they'd find something, and and then one day uh, Scott, uh, who doesn't look good in a uh, as a woman. Uh, dressed up as a queen and everyone lost their minds. And we're like, you look just like the freaking queen. And it was like, yeah, there we go. You don't, yeah, I guess she played a, she played a woman quite a bit in the show, didn't she? Cause she, Scott? Scott Thompson, yeah. Cause yeah. He, did, he did the, oh yeah, it? they all played women, but he oh. was the most unrealistic looking oh, okay. woman. The rest of them looked like, oh yeah, very yeah. passable women. Hmm. And then Scott was like, mm, nope, nope, not buying this. And then, yeah, <laughs> one day he dressed up as uh, Queen Elizabeth and whoa, this is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good show. Uh, I don't know where it's available to watch now, so I don't know. What, Probably how, everywhere. I don't know how to send people. I guess there, there's YouTube clips. But there was I'd also watch the whole a show. YouTube. Yeah, there was a YouTube series for a while that Chris Hardwick was doing, where he would uh, show a sketch, but it would be sandwiched between uh, members of the kids in the hall being interviewed about the sketch. Okay. Yeah. So you get like little bits of uh, oh, trivia and tidbits yeah, and what yeah. what have you. I guess that was probably shown on some channel where they were doing reruns of it or something. It was on YouTube. Just on YouTube. Just on YouTube, yeah. Oh, strange. Specifically, well, I mean, that was Chris Hardwick's thing, is like the internet. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, is where it's at. Man. No, it just seems weird, like, why you wouldn't have that as part of, like, on Comedy Central, where and that's, th- that's where most people, dis- most Americans discovered the show 
in reruns on Comedy Central, not yes. not in its original HBO format. Nope. Which I think was only for two years before HBO pulled the plug on. Yeah, it. and then it was like, well, did it run on CBS late at night, like for like it a did very short for time? a little a little a short amount of time. But CBS had a lot of trouble with it, and I'm, uh, that's another. Well, good first part of, of all, CB, CBS doesn't seem like the network for it. When you think CBS, no, you don't think no. that. The Tiffany Network. Not there really, you are. Not really the and the big creepy eyeball. But they're trying to they're trying to tie it into David Letterman arriving there. Okay, was what they're trying to do. And the I just remember there was an interview with with someone who worked for CBS in in the book, and they're they're basically their their whole thing is just like like what do people do at the CBC? Like there was no control over this show. Mm-hmm. Like there was like you know they were just getting this material, and they you know it's, to them it was. Something that they couldn't run, even at twelve thirty at night, they mm-hmm. couldn't run it. Whereas at C- on CBC, it was playing at like eight in the evening. Sure, we don't care in Canada. We don't care at all. No, we got a hint of. It's weird. Sometimes we're we're very much like England, where you can say almost anything, and sometimes uh, we do become very Puritan. It's, yeah. it's weird. It depends who's like in, yeah. in charge that week or how they feel. Right. Or yeah. I well, mean, we can't make fun of hockey. I've worked. Yeah, that's there's any true. kind of hockey jokes, then it's the censorship. All I've worked. I've worked for the CBC since I was 13, off and on. I've yeah. had a, I, I've had my own sketch comedy show on the CBC. I've done pilots for the CBC, and uh, much, much, much radio for the CBC. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. No one knows. No one knows at all. What but I don't doing. think anyone anywhere at any co- any yeah, company they do. knows. You yeah, think, they do. You think the American yeah, networks? No, know no, what no, 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 no. Oh, 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 God damn it! Yes, of course they do. I mean, not pretending to. No, no, they do. Know. No, they okay. do. And here's what it is. Okay. Their job there is to. Uh, their job there is to make money. Oh, okay. Their job is to make money. I see. That's their job. Did so you, you s- make money? The show have high ratings. Yeah. Great. Then you succeeded. Yeah. And we can sell. The, the, to advertisers, okay, you know, and we make money. Yeah, that is the American model. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and yeah. for HBO, it's do our subscribers like it? Are they subscribing? That's money. That's great. For CBC, hmm, <laughs> it's not about ratings, except You're for right. the sometimes it is. Yeah, when it is, yeah, and sometimes it depends which government's in, in office. Yeah, and sometimes it's agenda based, and sometimes it's just personal taste, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's people hiring their friends, and sometimes it's that's very bad when that happens. And sometimes it's oh, there's a CBC that we're going to have to shut down uh, unless we have a show, so we should just make a show, and that'll keep the CBC open, and then it'll exist in that town some more because we don't want people to lose their jobs, and that's why we're making this show. Yeah. And that there's there, that's a reason. Uh, that's a good reason. I mean, I've been part of uh, very highly rated radio shows that have been canceled, and I've yeah. been part of low rated things that have gone on. Now, yeah. You know, it just it's it, there is no hither nither. It's, it's just so, uh, completely yeah, because it's not about. Uh, and then occasionally, yeah, CBC will say something like, "We're only going to do TV shows that have more than one million viewers uh, a week." Yeah, and uh, it's like, oh, so you want successful shows? Did no one try that before? <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> and that was like after Corner Gas did well. Yeah, they went like, yeah, we only want hits now. That's mm. that was that's that was our problem. Was not asking you to make hit shows. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. no follow up to that. And of course, none of that <laughs> fucking happened. Well, I guess there's. I get, well, I guess there isn't the there isn't the the I don't know what you call it the insanely wasteful way that they they do shows in the states where you have like. A multitude of pilots, right? Because they've the, got the money. Because the, the the, the ones that make money make yeah. so much money yeah. that you can throw away money on the lesser ones. And even if, and even if you don't, because it's because it's about money, you can write them off yeah. on your taxes. Yeah, and so it's fine. Whereas CBC shows tend to be more about funding, well, funding, but also like politics. So 
you have to, they they're more about they have a policy of appeasement you know where there's like let's make sure the government is happy with what we're doing possibly to a degree but you would you then you would think it would be more obvious where it's like just all over the freaking map like they mm. i mean there's a sketch comedy show on now called Baroness von Sketch that's got some quite good things in it yeah. and and they finally kind of got that kind of thing right but it's because all the performers on there have worked so much so much for so many years without a TV show because there was nothing for them yeah. that, you know, by the time they get a TV show, they've all got 20 years of experience yeah. and they're knocking it out of the park. But it's, that's why yeah. it's because they, and they all know each other. Right. So mm. it's like, that's why, but it's, that's not a good policy because who's <laughs> going to keep doing this for like 20 damn years until you get a damn show. Yeah. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any flip. And you sense. get one, one show, one sketch comedy show. No. I mean, I look at, again, I look at the British model and I look at networks like they have called Dave and what have you, which you'd like because they call Dave. Much yeah. like I'd like a character called Boothby. If someone told me about it when I was on, <laughs> lead with that. But they've it's got very, all these it very personal. They've life. got all these shows in England that are, I'd say, like chat shows, but it's just like you discuss the news or do a little bit of sketch. Yeah. But you know, they've all these are game shows where the whole idea is just to joke around, and so they get all these you know comedians and comic actors regular regular work and build up people's knowledge of them so that when they do do a sitcom everyone's like oh yeah that guy i like that guy or what have you it'd be like on whose line is it anyway when they're like oh i like ryan styles and i like colin mockery yeah yeah give them a show you know but uh, we just don't uh, we just don't do that and it's 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 ridiculous to me because it seems like those are so low budget we yeah. could do them quite easily like, yeah why don't they have front page challenge still or this, this is on the, forever. Or this is the law. Well, yeah, we used well, to. I think this is the law was a BC TV show, but not a CBC show. No, I think this is the law was a CBC show. Was it? Oh, okay. I believe so. Okay. And I only say that because my friend, uh, my friend uh, Jen, uh, who's a lawyer, uh, just had her ten year anniversary of uh, being a lawyer, and okay. I, I gave her a clip of this is the law. Oh, okay. So let me just take. And a it look. was a CBC show. Huh? I, I, didn't I believe so. This is the law was a Canadian panel show which aired on CBC television oh, from okay. 1971 to 1976, starring Paul Souls. Paul Souls, the voice of Spider-Man. Absolutely. And also the voice of, of uh, Hermie the Elf on... Uh, Rudolph, the Dentist. Yes, and Rudolph the red Nose Ring. Yeah, he, uh, he was, uh, did a little, a little part. Nah, there's no little parts. There's only little actors. Um, in um, the Incredible Hulk movie as well. Okay. He's also in a... He's also in a um, movie, an Ed Norton movie. I think it's Ed Norton, where he Ed Norton plays a plays a thief. I think he's a thief, and he's trying to rob a museum or something like that. And Paul Souls is like a guy he knows who works at the museum or something like that. And I think there's one where Ed Norton pretends to be pretends to be like special needs in order to like yes that movie. I yeah. know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Paul Souls is in that film. I think. Okay, yeah. Um, he was also in. Uh, the other Marvel superheroes shows, the ones that kind of use just clips of comics. Okay. Like, uh, you know, when Captain America throws his mighty shield, everyone around the shield will yield. Don't know that one. Uh, they did like an Iron Man one, they did Thor, they did Captain America, uh, and he was a voice okay. on those. He may have been the, the narrator. 
but yeah, he did. Uh, this is the law. The idea behind this is the law was uh, they would show a clip with uh, him in it, and he would break some sort of law, and then you would have to guess what that law was, and it was a ridiculous law usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, I, my parents would get mad and go, "Well, they shouldn't arrest him for that. That's not fair." It's like they're not really arresting him. It's just kind of a joke. And yeah, even at, yeah. back then, it was like. Why don't they get that? Why is this frustrating you guys so much? <laughs> My friend Page Challenge must have been on a lot longer than uh, that, than that though, because it was on for many, many years. Oh, this is also interesting. Yep. In the 1970s, he uh, played Costas Stravos on the Canadian soap opera Riverdale. Ooh. So we had our own Riverdale. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Now we do. No, I do like uh, I do like him uh, very much. He's someone I would uh, I would like to meet. Uh, what was it? Hurry was, up. Was, did he host a show called Take 30? I, yes, he did. My, there we my, go. My shrug was inaudible, everyone. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Yep. It was a show called Take 30. Yeah, it was a public affairs show, but I remember they had like talked a lot about the issues of the day. Okay. And he was the host, and uh, it ran for 18 seasons. Wow. So that yeah. is nice, steady work. Good for him. Yeah. He, he... he hosted it with uh, Adrian Clarkson. Oh, Adrian Clarkson. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, wait. Sorry. I was going to say the wrong. We're thing. talking a lot about Canadian. Uh, we sure. Are. I hope. I hope you uh, people out there in uh, every, the rest of the world are as fascinated by CBC history as we are because we grew up with it. All oh, right, and he did. Sorry, I was also going like I feel like he was in Max, the two thousand year old mouse, and in fact he was. That's good. Yes, I remember the days when uh, on CBC when when Sesame Street would go on vacation, and so they would fill the hour with a card that said Sesame Street is on vacation. <laughs> I'm not joking. It was just like them on a school bus. A kind of like almost Jack Davis style John yeah. school bus of all this busyness and all the characters poking their heads Aww, out of it. That looks fun. I'd and like to follow said, them on vacation. Why aren't said, we seeing that? Yeah, we, we didn't. We just saw the card telling us that they were away that. So you couldn't see anything for that hour of TV. What do you think that they do on vacation, Sesame Street? First Ses- of all, do they all just abandon the street? Like, is the street completely gutted, like empty, <laughs> nothing's running anymore? No, I They've don't They've all think left that- their homes? Mr. Hooper can't abandon his store. He would lose his, he loses his living. Okay, so Hooper Hooper sticks around. Mr. Hooper sticks around, yes. Okay, do Gordon and Susan, do they stick around or do they go on vacation? Well, they sure feel they like go- they need a vacation. They would need a vacation every once in a while, sure. Big Bird goes on vacation. Big Bird, definitely. He Oscar? Goes, he flies south for the winter. Now, does Oscar, where would Oscar go on vacation? Do you want to go like a garbage island? Oh, he'd love a garbage <laughs> island, wouldn't he? Oh, he'd be so sure. happy on that. Sure. Oh, my gosh. I wonder how Oscar, and they probably cover this on the show, how he feels about recycling. Is mm. he down with that, or does he just like I all think, the trash to be mixed? Well, he probably had to be convinced that it was good, but I'm sure he's down with it. Yeah. Because you have to make sure kids are down with it. It's not, it's not good to have a popular car- character who doesn't like recycling. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder, teaching anyone I wonder if he anything. likes sorting trash. Mm. Or if that's not up well, he his does alley. Lo- he does love trash. He loves trash. He sings about it. Yeah, yeah, he does. I have the record he sings. <laughs> <laughs> Anything dirty, you're, d- you're dusty. Has that song has uh, Abkadefka, the, the, the Abkadefka, alphabet one. Jekyll for Nock, Kutsu, Witsis. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's right. <laughs> and uh, When you easy. learn it as a kid, you learn it forever. It's Not Easy Being Green, which is a weird song. Is this so it's just weird to have a, a puppet frog sing a sad song about being green. Mm-hmm. But I like I love that song. This is weird though. Let's let's have this puppet. Let's have this puppet sing a sad song. Yeah, a little melancholy. Color. Yeah, very melancholy. I, I mean, I think it's good. I think it's good for things to be sad sometimes for kids. I think that's very important for children to to ha- you know have sad. It really set him up for a rainbow connection when he sang. It's that. another great song because you're like yeah. 
Kermit sings a sad song every so mm-hmm. often. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, we're down with that. Yeah. It would be weird as if, if Piggy sang a, Miss Piggy sang a sad song. Why? Yeah, break your heart. <laughs> break your heart Wouldn't if she it? said? Like, you just feel like, oh, she'd just be t- too vulnerable. And you ever think of, like, she's never sang a sad song, I don't think. No, I was thinking about her on the, the most recent Muppets. Muppets Tonight, was it? No, no, no. The one, you know, the one was sort of like a talk show with Miss Piggy as the host. and Okay. It's basically the, the Larry Sanders show, but with Muppets. Yeah. I was just thinking, <laughs> that show is so strangely layered, like, because she and Kermit had broken up. Right. And Kermit was seeing another pig. Right. He's got a type. He's but like, you could still see that P- Miss Piggy was still, still had a, was still kind of carrying a flame for him. Right. Ah, so nuanced. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So weird. They had the writers, okay. the writers were talking about Miss Piggy and her, uh, kind of origins when she was growing up on this farm. Yeah. And, uh, and she was growing, she was growing up on the farm. And then, uh, as she, as she grew older, she became more attractive. And then she was kind of her mother's suitors. Like her mother was a single mom. Yeah. And her mother's suitors started to fancy her and that became a real conflict between her and her mom. Okay. And and uh her mom was verbally abusive towards her. Okay. And uh she she her whole thing was like, I gotta get out of here. I can't be I can't be my mom, I can't be on this farm. And that's sure. when she adopted the, like French, the perfect perfect time for a sad song. French uh French accent. Yeah. And it was like, No, I'm gonna be fancier than this. I'm not a farm pig, I'm something else. And uh, yeah, I was like, "Wow, this is a pretty interesting." Dark I think it's Frank story. Oz who created that uh, backstory. I don't, I don't know. I, I know he Fra- described he described something very similar on an interview. Oh, okay, that that, that does make sense then, because he does a backstory for all his characters. Yeah, in the place. Frank Oz objected to some of the stuff they did on that Muppet, uh, the the latest Muppet thing. I know, but come on, yeah, come on, Frank, play with play play with the team. <laughs> I mean, just because you're not part of it anymore. I mean, I know there's a but sense he's got, of ownership. He's got connections to the characters. Sure, so, I know. You there's know. a sense of ownership. I understand that. But at the same time, you do have to kind of relinquish a little bit of control. You know what's playing? I got all mixed up last week. I was listening to the show and much when I was editing it on Saturday. I was editing it on Saturday after I'd gone to see Mandy the night before. Okay. The Nicolas Cage, um, Andrea Riseborough film. And and I'd like to hear what you thought of that after. Well, what do you... Uh, and then I listen, listen to the show and I'm telling people, oh, I'm going to go see it next Friday. And I was like, oh, wait a second. It's, it wasn't next Friday. It was this Friday when I was talking on the show. Oh, so like did you sh- miss it? No, no, I went. Oh, okay. I went. But it's quite funny because Mary and I were recording Listening Party. And I, she knew I wanted to go, but I had spent, I had, had like a two hour chunk of my day ruined, not ruined, but I didn't expect to have to wait for two hours to have an oil change done at, at mm. our dealership. So that took two hours out of my day. And so instead of being finished my research at eight, I was finished my research around nine thirty. And so we were recording and then we realized, oh, we have to go. If we're gonna go see Mandy, we'll have to leave now in the middle of the show. So we just like I just you know, I'd introduce one last song and said, Okay, let's get out of here. So we went uh we went to see the movie. I think I put it at the end of the show as well, our little conversation that we had. Oh, nice before we left. <laughs> it's not nice to the listeners. But uh it um it was it was interesting. Um it's a movie that I think was made, was written for Nicolas Cage. Like there's a scene in the film where um, he has to deal with something that's happened and he gets a chance to go full on Nicolas Cage, you know, just full on crazy Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And you can pretty much tell that this, that when the, who, the director was writing this, the director is uh, Panos Cosmo, Cosmato, Cosmatos. His father was George Cosmatos who directed, um, um, the Wyatt Earp um, 
white film uh, with um, Kurt Russell and uh, Bill Kilmer. Does anyone know? Tombstone. Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. Which Panos Cosmatos had a credit for the screenplay of that film. So he wrote and directed this movie, which is very much a genre film, but not just one genre. It mixes horror, science fiction, fantasy, revenge thriller, and then it also has this kind of kind of weird moments with well, this actress Andrea Riseborough, who is made up to in the film to have no like to have no apparent makeup on her face, so okay. she has no mascara or anything. So you just have this very plain face with this shock of black hair. She's sort of a rocker chick. She wears a it's supposed to be 1983, and she's wearing a a Motley Crue shirt. And the whole time I'm like, do people? Oh no, people must have known about Motley Crue by that point. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so. You know, so there's scenes of this them like just kind of like hanging, like reading together or yeah. sleeping or like she's swimming in a lake. And the way she looks, her looks are so striking and she has these kind of big wide eyes and they're just kind of staring at you, these big saucer <laughs> eyes staring. And uh, so you can understand why. So basically like Nicolas Cage is a is a lumberjack, the least effective lumberjack you've ever seen. He's cutting a tree down with this like this like home home chainsaw like not even like a big long chainsaw but it's like a little little one that you'd use in you know to, but he's kind of on this giant tree which then falls and then it seems like after that happens everyone gets in a helicopter and flies off like this is a really expensive operation they're running here for so little <laughs> results but then then he's at home with 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 mandy with his wife right and you ever do you remember um there's a thing that penn and teller said in one of their early specials which was uh, when when you're watching a movie and they say the name of the movie in the movie, yeah. you're supposed to go yes. So I taught that to Mary right. and Eve when they're they little. actually sit in the front row of movies, and when that happens, okay, they, they do that. So I taught that to Mary and Eve when they're little girls because I just thought it was funny and that they should they should know that joke and stuff. So Mary took that up as a thing to do, <laughs> and she's so good at it. Like she'll go yes before I've even thought. Oh, she'll go yes because <laughs> it's like instinct for her. She's done it for so many years. This is like born into her. So, of course, when he said, Mandy, I hear this little, yes, beside me from here. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, they live in this remote cabin in this in the woods. I don't want to give away too much of the film, but suffice to say that it's a it has a big revenge element, but also weirdly combines horror, science fiction, and and kind of kind of mixes it all up in a really weird way. So, you get these kind of, these scenes that are like from a horror movie and these scenes that are like from fantasy and like at the very end of the film, it's no spoiler really, but at the end of the film, he's like coming back and you see the sky and there's like a giant planets in the sky. Like he's on like a different planet. He's not on oh. earth. It's very weird. <laughs> You're like, is this not on earth? Is this why it's so strange? Is that weird? It's a very odd film. I okay. Say. Is this the one uh, you see the poster and he's covered in blood? Yes. And it's all kind of very carry. colorful. Yeah. And that, that color of that poster is in the film. Like it's a very colorful movie as well. Neat. It has that element to it. It is neat. It is neat. Yeah, it's, it was good. It was a good. It was a good film. I'm glad I watched it. I wouldn't, you know, it's not the best film I've seen in my life, but it was interesting and fun. Yeah, hooray for interesting. I'm, all for, I'm all for that. Yeah, we went. We went to to the midnight show and got home about three in the morning. So. Oh, good. okay. Wow. Yep. You didn't have to work the next day. No, this was on Friday nights. So. Very good. I'm all for. I'm all for that. So I did my usual. I slept in. I slept till eight thirty. Nice. <laughs> so I got got a full five hour, five and a half hours. So, um, oh, sleep more, please. <laughs> um, so, uh, do, do we want to get to letters from our, uh, fine? Well, folks? before we do that, I just uh, wanted so to, the answer is no. I wanted to congratulate you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Okay, go on with the letters now. All right. No. 
Uh, congratulate it because you mentioned in a Facebook post, so I think it's safe to talk about it on the show that you've lost 20 pounds. Yeah. So congratulations. That's a real achievement. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear your voice that it's hard to no, do. No, it's just like there's so many, uh, <laughs> like, I would like to, I would like to go like, uh, hooray. And yeah. I, like, it's still, it's still going and it's still yeah, a yeah. thing. That's there's good. just been so much, uh, there's been so much like, uh, baggage that's come along mm-hmm. with it. Sure. Like, uh. Like right now, you may have noticed a couple of times, but one of the things that's happening with uh, with the losing weight is um, there's been some palpitations and whatnot that I go through. Okay, and so every and again, I've you know, so I've been so I have to check every so often see how things are going. Yeah, and, and what have you. And I'm on I'm on different I'm on different medicines for like blood pressure. One of the reasons I'm trying to lose weight is if I get to a certain weight, I can get off the blood pressure medicine, and that's kind of what I'd like to do. That's a good incentive. Uh, I've also got like acid reflux. And one of my suspicions for the acid reflux is the blood pressure medicines all have the side effects of heartburn. Okay. And so um, like, oh, maybe being on those mm-hmm. is doing that. So got to take care of that and got to take care of that. So I have been, you know, uh, I've been watching what I eat and I've been exercising every day. But there's so many, uh, again, the the body goes uh, no when you're uh, losing <laughs> weight, right? Like so much so, like it goes so random. It yeah. goes so random. And, you know... For, uh, I know you were saying this is like a really positive thing and I appreciate it, but it's been, it's, it's just, it's the reason I posted about it was I wanted to mention that, you know, you have this feeling where your body just soaks you in dread yeah, because you're losing weight and it's panicking and it's freaking out. And yeah, because do- you will, you're, you, you're a little different than me because I'm someone who's gone to the gym and, or worked out almost since I was a teenager. Right. So... I mean, I lost 18 pounds in the last little while myself. Okay, congratulations. Brian. Thank you. Uh, partly because I did my sugar fast, but also because I held on to the sugar fast for a while longer. Right. I've been, I do have sugar. I'm not on a complete sugar fast. For instance, I did have a pop when we had dinner tonight. But so I'm not completely sugar free, but right. I just cut down way down on, on what I would normally be having for sugar. Right. And uh, and also I changed, I added running to my my workouts right. morning, so that's also a changed. I think a positive change. Treadmill, treadmill running. Treadmill running, yeah. yeah. Like I like to say, I can I can run for fifteen minutes on a treadmill or fifteen feet in real life. <laughs> yeah, it is very different for sure. It is. I can run a little bit farther than that. I've noticed that at work, like if I have to run somewhere at work to to do something quickly, it's way easier for me to run now than it was like a year ago. Because I went when I first started working, I couldn't make it to my gym for a long time. I I I stopped going to the gym for about three years. Oh, okay. And so when I started going back again, yeah, it was kind of a new, but my body, I don't think I, my body rebelled quite the way yours is mm-hmm. because, you know, what you're doing is you're pushing your body. So your body is pushing back. Yeah. You know? I wonder if it's, it's not some, well, there's the exercise, obviously, yeah. which like then puts your and body then, on random. Sure. And then also you're, t- you're taking sugar out of your diet. And sugar is a highly addictive thing that we take is right as it's, it's a source of it's a source of pleasure and dopamines and so yeah, yeah. you're you've you're you're missing something that's like gives you not joy but it gives you pleasure for yeah, sure that's right and so you're removing you're removing pleasure uh your body is screaming at you uh that you're gonna die at least mine was yeah uh for for, for quite a while mm-hmm. and i was talking to my friend susan about this where she she started running and uh and yeah she was getting this like crazy rapid heart rate at mm, night and yeah. all this other stuff and it makes your body just goes yeah yeah you know yeah. it's 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 affected and it's weird 
And uh, what kind of got me to doing this was I went to the doctor and uh, they said like my cholesterol, my good cholesterol was low. My, my bad cholesterol was fine. Okay. But my good cholesterol was low. And I asked like, how do you get that up? And one of the things is exercise. Like, okay, well, I'm going to just start exercising. Good. And that's when, that's when I started. Yeah. And so then I started losing weight fairly rapidly. I, I cut back a lot on food, probably too much at first. Okay. And then at that same time, unfortunately, we had a little bit of a cancer scare that turned out to be nothing. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because at the time you don't know. Yeah. We only like officially got the complete no like two days ago. Okay. Um, so there was this hovering dread that was mm-hmm. in the air combined with my body going, Gah! yes. And when I when I when I went into the doctor, yeah, it was like everything was everything was fine. My sugar levels were a little bit high, but they weren't to a dangerous level by yeah. any means. And they did um, electrocardiogram and said you're skipping a couple of beats. So my my doctor just said, listen, just to double check, we're going to put you on a, we'll do a Holter monitor. Yeah, this has had that done as well. Right. So I've had that done like twice before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had that done a couple of weeks ago. And again, I thought because they hadn't gotten back to me that uh, there was, you know, well, then there's no, there's no nothing. And this story ends with an okay thing, uh, just to say. So, but this, but this, the last like two days, I've had like some skipped beats okay. the, with the heart to okay. the, to the point where I like kind of notice it and I'm like, okay, maybe I should go get this checked out. So this morning I was like, you know, I woke up and it was like, yeah, I'm still skipping a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, one a minute or maybe two a minute it's yeah. nothing too noticeable um but i was getting obsessive with checking it like way too obsessive <laughs> with checking it and checking yeah. my blood pressure and yeah. just way too obsessive and so i get up this morning i'm like oh you know what i'm gonna go just to the doctor i'm gonna go get this checked out and as i'm getting ready to go to the doctor i get a phone call from the doctor's office telling me uh yeah your doctor would like you to come in sooner than an appointment we were gonna have scheduled and i'm like oh well this is about the halter monitor there's no two ways about that yeah so um I go down and my doctor isn't there, uh, but I go see another doctor and uh, she says, oh, no, it's all great. Well, yeah, the results, the numbers are all fine. So I assume, huh. I, I assume she just wants to like send me to a cardiologist anyway, which I've done again in the past. Yeah. You run on a treadmill. They just double check whatever. And, and the weird thing about like heart palpitations is uh, everything causes them. Like absolutely everything in the world causes them. You're like, uh, you know, not enough water. Yeah. Uh, okay. Not enough potassium to okay. the point where like I often just eat a banana and things things are fine. Yeah. You know, too much this, not enough that. Like there are a hundred things that can that can cause these. Yeah. And the vast, 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 vast majority of them are nothing, absolutely nothing, but they feel like something when they're going on. Sure, of course. Right. So... And then add to that, you're kind of, your body kind of in this sort of weird place right now where you're... Yeah. We've radically changed your lifestyle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're thinking like, you know, there was a period of time there where I did have the same thing that Susan had, where it was like my heart rate was going very, very fast, like at night. Mm. And again, it was adjusting to the exercise or or what have you. And then that took care of itself. But it's like all these random little things. (laughs) And like, as soon as I, as soon as I came back from, okay, so the last two days I've had the, the kind of like skip beats every so often. I go to the doctor and like afterwards I go for a little bit of a walk. And then for the rest of this day, it's been like pretty much fine. Like, I'm like, well, it just all stopped. 
Mm. And that's what that's what it's been like losing this weight is just and and going on exercise is just like every day is another random bit of fucking bullshit. And I'm happy that I'm losing the weight, but you get you, you always see these like ads for people losing weight and just like, yeah, I went on Jenny Craig and I lost the pounds and now I'm on a beach and I'm walking down the beach and they don't go, and I was batshit crazy for three fucking months. Keep away from me, motherfuckers, because I'm nuts. Yeah. And yeah. you know, in the meantime, I'm trying to write a book and <laughs> a lot of the habits that I have and feelings that I have when I'm writing a okay, here's the thing. When I write a, when I write a book, I have to kind of go go a little bit deep into myself and especially the I'm writing uh, one of the Sparks books and there's some emotional stuff in there and you've got to go into there, but when you're a raw freaking nerve yeah. from from all this, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just so crap and hard yeah and when you try to explain it to someone like well what's what's going on uh oh i'm crazy right now that's what that's what's going on and then you have like times where you feel fantastic because yeah. you're exercising you feel better and it's great and i love yeah i love how I feel. i'm like swimming you know most days and i'm really I'm, enjoying it i'm really glad great. to hear that i think yeah i think if you can just kind of you know as as, as uh cliche as it sounds if you can kind of motor through this That's period i think people are saying you'll come out and you'll be a lot happier keep, you've yeah. got to keep going and the doctor i was i was talking to this morning you know again was saying you're doing all the right things you're mm -hmm. doing all the right things yeah but all you need is like the one skipped heartbeat and you go like nope 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 i've blown it all nope everything's screwed it's yeah. all screwed and yeah. you know during this during this whole time you know, anytime I I find a lump or a bump or anything, you know, it's just like, well, that's cancer, and this is the end of everything. Mm. And again, I've had like a couple of things where like people, go, no, it's not. I understand why you would think it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. Everything's coming back clear. Everything's coming back clear. Everything's fine. But uh, yeah, my brain has been an asshole to me while I've been doing this, and <laughs> I've gone to interesting, and I've gone to therapy uh, over it mm -hmm. and told my therapist like, I feel like I'm gonna die. That's what it feels like. Yeah. This time has just been, I feel like I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. Literally feel like I'm going to die. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, she, she was going through things with me that have really helped me. And I've been meditating more and Good. I've put my brain into different places. Uh, and I've had like a recommendation of this, um, probiotic from a doctor friend of mine that uh, helps you with mood. And so I'm just starting that like today. Okay. But, uh, oh boy. This is just something that I never see when people are discussing this. Kind well, of thing. yeah, I mean that's, that's why that's that's partly why I brought it up because yeah. I wanted you to talk about it. No, I appreciate uh, I appreciate that. Uh, this uh, fella I know, Toby Hargrave, um, who's a comedian, and I've uh, toured with him, and he's very very funny. Uh, he's part of a thing called uh, here we go. It's a men, it's a men's health thing. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's um, there's a site called uh, at don't change much. Okay. And it's connected with uh, British Columbia Men's Health. I see. And the idea is uh, don't change much, but you can make little changes that will help you in what you do. And I think I might have gone too extreme too okay. fast with what I <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, there's a little video that's online that he did with TELUS, and uh, it's him kind of getting ready to do this kind of stuff and i found that very inspiring oh, yesterday when i saw it that's good yeah 
This is a, it's, it's Let's interesting. Go. Like I, n- I never was like a, wanted to go to like um, a Weight Watchers meeting. I always thought like, well, this seems ridiculous. Why would you ever want to go to one of these? And I could see how discussing this kind of thing with people would actually yes. be helpful. That's a big part of what they do. I know this because when I go to cook at church, which I did last night, there's a Weight Watchers that meets in the church hall. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, often well, while I'm cooking the, the meal for the, gar- for our garden table for the next, next day. And I see what they do. Like I just kind of, when I'm coming in and out. And yeah, they have a part of the night. If people want to, there's a, a group where people sit together and talk about what what they're going through. And I think okay. it's good to have that kind of support. Yeah, for, totally. You know, because like you say, unfortunately, it doesn't help your ads to talk about the complete reality. It only helps your ads to talk about the results. Yeah. No one wants to talk about the process. This is why, the, it, what was really helpful to me one day, to the point where I almost get like teary about it, is talking to my sister-in-law, Vicky, um, cause she had gone through Atkins and okay. she lost a lot of weight quite quickly. Mm. And so I was asking her about, about, you know, what she, what she kind of went through. Yeah. And she did mention, you know, the same kind of feelings that I was going through. And it yeah. was just this amazing, oh, I'm not alone in this. Cause you do yeah. feel like, well, I'm going crazy. Mm. And what am I going to do? Like, am I going to like try and gain the weight back? Of course I'm not. I'm going to have to keep trying to, you know, get in, get in better shape. But every, if it if it feels like everything that you're taught is as you get in better shape, you're gonna feel better. You'll have more energy. Yeah. You know, it improves mood. It does all this. <laughs> it does. But it doesn't say that along the way to that improved <laughs> mood, there is a couple of side yeah. trips yeah. that oh boy. Have you ever, aside from when you had your cancer, have you ever lost like a lot of weight in a short period of time? Like the 19 pounds you or 18 pounds you were talking about. Mm-hmm. How, how what period of time did you lose the, that in? Well, from uh, the beginning of Lent till now, I guess. So. Okay, so that is a very short period of time. And it's, that's not causing any mood swings or anything because you're used no, to... No, I'm not a very thing. mood swingy person, though, okay. as, a, as a rule anyway. But um, I think it's just because I've done this so long, mm-hmm. my body has n- no reason to get into a, you know, it's not going to fight me over it. Right. And that's part of what it what's happening when you push your body, you know, your body is complacent. It doesn't want to do hard work you know so it's fighting you over this you know i think it's more you're i think it's more because you know the the gut and the brain are so tightly connected yeah it's your body going food is not coming in that i'm expecting <laughs> yes but uh, energy is going out yes well clearly clearly i'm dying clearly clearly there's something <laughs> horrible going on and i've got to send a signal out to tell this idiot to um, to bring well, it to could be that the for sure. In. That's that. that's what that's what I I've been told. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you you basically you do have to write it write yeah. it out and, yeah. and tell yourself. Uh, and I would advise don't have uh, another like illness scare while that's going on. Try not to. Sure. And also, if you can, and if I'm going to I'm going to ask you to do this too. Is okay. uh, don't have like uh, taxes come after you at that exact oh, okay. same time yeah. too. Yeah. That would also be fantastic. That's a lot of pressure. So it's like a lot of things all at once. Again, this morning when I was talking to my doctor about it, I kind of laid out what was going on, and she was like, "Whoa, that's a <laughs> that's a bit." Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a person who, when I've gotten stressed in the past, I've gotten psoriasis and I've lost my hair. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, stress will mess you up. So this is why I'm trying to do like the, um, I'm trying to do, uh, you know, meditation and and whatnot now. Yeah, just, de-stressors. Yeah, de-stressors would just be more body conscious and mm-hmm. like, you know, what what I, what my therapist 
showed me how to do was kind of kind of check in on what actually is physically happening in your body and give it some attention and see what it actually is. Yeah. And and yeah, that has been that has been helpful to kind of break it down. Yeah, I can't think of it. I guess the other when I was thirty five, I I started going to the gym for the first time. Like instead of just doing weights at home. Okay. And I think I lost quite a bit of weight at that time. I probably dropped twenty five pounds at that time as well. But I I'm like I've never I don't think I've ever been heavier. Like I'm six two, and I don't think I've ever been heavier in my life than two hundred twenty five pounds. Okay. So when I was a teenager, I was about 175. When I was sick, I was about 155. Um, when I was heavy, heavyish, I was about yeah 225. But like when I was, I had my dad bod, uh-huh. you know, when Mary was first born, and and it became harder to do. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing like people go, oh well, you do a physical job. Like at that time, I was being a farrier, which is a physical job, but your body gets used to it. Like you're not gonna keep losing weight because you're a farrier. Mm-hmm. Like your body gets goes, okay, I get what it, I have to do. I have to do this, so I'll just do it. I'm not gonna waste a lot of energy doing it either. Because if you always lost weight doing physical activities, we would all die. Because mm-hmm. our bodies would never, we just would never be able to eat enough in order to keep ourselves going. You know. So what our body does is it figures out how to be efficient to do the tasks that we need to do daily, and it gets used to those tasks. It knows what muscles to to fuel, and it knows how much fuel to have, and and you know. This is the sort of thing, like if you said, oh, I'm going to start losing weight, I'm going to walk every day. And you started walking. The first week, you'll lose a lot of weight. But the next week, you'll not lose as much weight because your body's getting used to the, yeah. the level. Still, of, you still will, but it'll be, it'll be shorter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot, lot more slowly. And only if you're combining it with, with cutting down on food and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like if you tried to like lose weight and keep eating at the same rate you were before you started your exercising, you just, you know, you'll just hit a plateau eventually because your body's smart that way. And you have to kind of fool it. Like I just... Basically, this week, I went to do it earlier, but I just have had a busy time. So I changed my workout regime a little bit. I don't change what I do because that was given to me by an occupational therapist who designed it because I have a bad back. Okay. And so I never really want to change that part of it because I'm, I'm afraid of hurting myself. I've got, I've had a, you know, back thing, back problems a few times. So she just made it so this isn't, doesn't strain my back too much. And I still get it like a good workout. And so, but what I do is mostly I do it like, I do it more for speed speed and length, the reps. Mm-hmm. But then every once in a while, like, I go the opposite way. I go for weight and repetition. So right now I'm doing like 10 lifts five, five times with weights that are much heavier and are really hard to get to 10 lifts. And I'll do that for a while and then I'll go back to my other one which is more of a weight loss one where you're just doing like 20 reps three times really fast as you can and and that that uh, tends to burn the burn the weight but i feel like i'm i'm burning a lot of weight and but i'm not keeping my muscle mass so i just want to kind of get a bit more muscle mass again that's what it's all about it's all about vanity is what i'm saying sure it's all about no i do and i do like you know physically i've seen changes that i'm like down with yeah but again Here's, here's another thing that happened like yesterday. It was like, all of a sudden my skin just broke out. And I'm mm. like, what's this about? <laughs> and then it was like, hey, what's with this chafing? Yeah. What are you, what's going on? Oh, chafing. I know. Got to start wearing uh, bikini briefs. No kidding. Yeah. Or no, boxer, I, sorry, boxer briefs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's exactly what I had to do. But it's yeah. like, what's that? You just want to <laughs> like, you want to just like take your body aside and just go have a word and just go, hey, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Here's the plan. We want to live a long time, right? Want to be healthy? knock this shit off you know you're giving me real fucking mixed signals bro and i don't need all this random shit coming at me yeah all right I, knock it off 
when I run, I need to wear. I don't. I don't like wearing boxer briefs. I don't understand why people would want to wear them. Like maybe mine are too best of both worlds. Maybe mine are but of too loose. You got double D's, so that's yeah. I'm fine. I only best of both worlds. Uh, maybe it's just maybe I got them too loose or something because what I don't like about them is when I pull my pants up, yeah, they roll up my thigh until I have like this little line oh. of yeah, like ugh. okay. Who wants that? Like Nobody little, wants that. A little skit. So then I have to like push my hands down into my pants and roll them back down. And then I feel like they're still... And little... then people say, you got to leave the Starbucks, sir. <laughs> yeah. And then and then they also say, and by the way, you still have panty line. So you're just you're oh, not helping no, yourself. Oh, no. The embarrassment of panty I know. Lines. The embarrassment of panty line. I just grew up wearing uh, bikini briefs. So, so my, my mom bought yeah, me. Yeah, I can't. Once I, once I found out about boxer briefs, I had to go with it. It was like, oh, oh this is okay. No. I wear them just for running. Do you know what? I think also I was inspired because... Um, my friend Roman, uh, is a comedian and yeah. I used to do improv with him and he, uh, that guy's cut that guy, you know, especially back in the day, he's still fine. Yeah. And, uh, but back in the day, like you take off a shirt and people would gasp, <laughs> you know, just be like, oh, well here's Superman. Um, so occasionally he'd be in a sketch where he'd have to drop his pants. And so his thing was, uh, boxer, boxer briefs. They have a little slit, and it's like, well, that's dangerous because mm. you could have some exposure there. Yeah. So what he would do is he would wear the bikini briefs underneath the boxer briefs. Okay. He'd double down. Wow. And so, you know, because he, he prefers the support of yeah. the bikini briefs, yeah. but he the comedy thing of the boxers sure. is really how to go. Uh, but he would double up. But I was not like, yeah, the boxers seem to be where I go. And if I have to drop my pants for whatever reason, yeah. you don't want to drop them and have the bikini briefs. <laughs> That's a bad time. You don't want the tidy whities <laughs> yeah. You don't want that look. Yeah. Bad look. Yeah. But should it ever come comedically and you got to take your pants off, all right. Box well, now piece. we got support. Yeah. Uh, we got room to move. Everything's fine. Yeah. So I went with that. And sometimes you're like, do you want to just like freewheel it and have the boxers and just like live life? Like, yeah, sometime. But I don't want to ever have to like drop my pants when I go no, to the boxers. No, I, I don't like boxers at all. I think maybe I, maybe I wear pants that are too tight. Maybe that's my problem. Possibly. But hey, when you do all this working out at the gym... You know, you gotta wear the tight pants. You gotta wear the tight pants. Yeah. What the what the fuck am I doing this? You gotta for, wear the then? steam pipes. I want people to look at his legs. Well, I have nice legs. I do have legs, but I want people to to look at me and go, "He's fifty three. That's really all I want." So okay, yeah, he's fifty three. Yeah, nice. That's all I ask for. It's not much to ask for, is it? Do you know who's uh? You know who's fifty? Paul Rudd. Yeah. You know what? You're about as old as some of the Avengers. So uh, that's fine. My my only disadvantage is that I'm not on a movie screen with a lot of makeup on my face. That also helps. A yeah, lot. the de aging thing is, uh, is uh, <laughs> well, not even de aging. Just this cool. makeup from you know this helps helps hide a lot of lines in your face. Yeah, that's true. Like, what's the name of the actor who plays War Machine? Oh, um, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Okay. Don't look it up. Okay. Don't look it up. Okay. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. All right, I'm gonna look up how old Don Cheadle is. I'm. Uh, He's older of... than Paul Rudd. Yeah, I just want to see like uh, Don Cheadle is uh, is fifty four. Okay, yeah. so we're younger than uh, we're younger than some of the Avengers. <laughs> we're younger than some of the that's Avengers. the that's the important thing. Yeah. and those guys go out and they fight like Thanos and shit. Sure, of course he's inside a big machine. That's fine. I mean, I could do that. You could be a war machine. Yeah, it's doing all the work for you. You're just inside it. Okay, quick question: If you could be any Avenger, who would you be? Go. Is this a quick question? Yeah. Powers, powers wise, who would you want to be? Uh oh, that's hard to answer because I feel like the personality is tied up in the. Um, I would go with. I remember you got a Doctor Strange in there. He can do a lot of great stuff. Like you, I know you got Thor. That's pretty good. Iron Man, smart, can build all the stuff. I was thinking Captain America, to be honest with you. Captain America. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's pretty good. But when you said Doctor Strange, that made me think that that's probably the best one. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm going to go Ant-Man. Ant-Man? Yeah, because you can be shrinky and you can be big. Uh-huh. Both are great. You get really tired. You get, well, you take a nap. Think, nap your, body's, think your body's rebelling now. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> then, then you can talk to ants. Oh, that's pretty great. I don't like ants. You can fly on an ant. I don't like ants. You know what? I, I don't t- like bugs very much. Oh, I wonder if the wasp can grow. Wasp could probably grow. I'd say I'd be wasp because you got the wings. Um, yeah. So you don't have to like fly on an ant all the sure. time. But you can't talk to ants. Right? You can't talk to wasps. I'm going to go Ant-Man again. Back to Ant-Man. <laughs> I'm all for that. Okay. Uh, let's go to our mailbag. Letters. Uh, we, we get, get letters. letters. So our question of the week was what? not listed on here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, uh, what? What question of the week? Here we go. Um, oh, yeah. What was, a, what was a meal that yeah, you would your cook meal, for you? Your meal you dazzle with. Okay. So we got a little bit of that. Uh, there we go. Uh, Louise, our friend Louise wrote, I have a phobia about poisoning others with improperly cooked meat dishes. So I usually bring cookies or squares to a pot. I don't think that's called a phobia. Hmm? I think it's just called a a genuine concern. You know what? A lot of phobias are genuine concerns. Okay. You know, you got a fear of heights. You're right. You fall from a height, you die. That is a good concern. What are you scared of? Uh, I don't know. I'm scared of sharks. Good. A shark can bite you. (laughs) Be scared of a shark. Uh, and, and not all sharks are bad. Sharks are fine. But you know what? Occasionally a shark will eat a person. Yeah. And that's all it takes. Uh, for a special dinner at home, Louise says, I'll make a shrimp fettuccine. I also enjoy making a shrimp fettuccine. I agree with her. Do you make it with a creamy sauce? Do you make it with a tomato sauce? What's your uh, pesto sauce? What do you do? Let us know more. Um, we also got a nice happy Father's Day from her to you. Happy Father's Day, Dave. Despite cancer's attempt to kill you and medical science's <laughs> efforts to render you sterile, you procreated and then you did it again. So good on you for it a, that. There's a team effort. Yay. And uh, speak. And uh, speaking of fatherhood, has a question for uh, me and you. Uh, she was at a baby shower yesterday, played a game where they had to unscramble a list of baby-related words. Okay. When the answers were read out, a lot of the guys, including the dad-to-be, were mystified by this term. Now, let's just give this a little pause when we say it so the listeners at home can try and figure this out okay. as well. Uh, mystified by the term receiving blankets. Mm-hmm. Blanket. Yeah. Receiving blanket. Yeah. Quick without looking it up. Do you know what one is and what it's used for? Listeners, I say again, and then we're going to say what it is. Receiving blanket. My guess was a blanket that you take a baby home in. What Did, did you know what it one was as a person who's had two yes. babies? Yes, I did know what it was. Now, what is a receiving blanket? It's just, a, it's just the, the blanket you have the baby in and usually... When you first get a baby, you swaddle it. Mm-hmm. So you take your receiving blanket. Uh, usually the hospital gives you a blanket that you take home with you, and that becomes the baby's first blanket. And I always think of that as the receiving blanket, but but you, yeah, it's just any kind of blanket you use to for, right. for you know, changing, feeding, I was washing. I so saying, yeah, that usually has like some, 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 some gold edging or some such. What's that? Silk. Okay. 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 Uh, our friend uh, Mick. Hey, Mick. Uh, says, hey, chaps. Uh, I say you, friend, because you wrote to us. Uh, love the podcast. However, this week's lengthy discussion of Dave's foot fungus was the most stomach-churning since Jason Dedrick's equally lengthy discussion of Christmas reflux. See episode 370. Sorry, gents. Left me too queasy to answer this week's uh, food-related question. Uh, I did point out, and I'll just point out on, on air, that I do not have a foot fungus. That would be like athlete's foot or something like that. I have, okay. a, I have a fungus that grows underneath my toenail on my big foot. Right, sorry, big toe. On my right foot. Okay. That one toe. That's all all okay. all it is. 
I, I don't have a foot fungus. My foot a, is not rotting. Yeah, we have many people I don't say, have trench foot. go to the doctor, but uh, there you go. So I'm not reading all those people saying go to the doctor because <laughs> everyone said go to the doctor. So go to the doctor. It's very good advice from everyone. Very Thank good you. advice. We are, They all love you and they want you there. I was saying uh, that I uh, agree uh, that uh, that episode he was talking about uh, with the Christmas reflux where uh, uh, Jason, you and me singing Christmas reflux carols might have been a bit much. <laughs> Come all you. Ah, <laughs> oh, well. Um, silent night. Ooh. Uh, Laurel Robertson wrote us and said, uh, first, happy birthday to you, Ian. Thank you. Uh, sounds like you had a really grand day, even if the bunt cake wasn't exactly uh, the way you wanted. It was fine. I really enjoyed it. I know we had the big thing of frosting in the middle by error, but that was uh, <laughs> still really, really good. Probably tasted fantastic. Indeed, it did. Uh, second, to answer the food questions, like you, David, I am a baker of pies. Nice. All types and always use my own crust. We grow a lot of blueberries on our property, so blueberry pie is a staple. Also, we pick blackberries in the woods through July and then mix them with blueberries, half and half, and we call it black and blue pie. That is a good name for that pie. I do like that name. I'm not a fan of blackberries. I find them too seedy for me. Oh, okay. And I say that as a lover of raspberries. It's a tasty combination. Uh, but one I like to do for guests and my husband and grandson, who say it is the very best, is pie with cream cheese and blueberry filling. Yes. Topped with more blueberries and blueberry glaze. If you could send us a recipe for this, Laurel, I would really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, please this do. Sounds, this sounds really good. We freeze uh, a lot of berries so we can enjoy them uh, even in winter. Yeah. Uh, we, we do that too. We need a reminder of su- summer. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm kind of embarrassed to say what I fix for myself on rare occasions when I am alone. That is the secondary question we asked. But I'll say it anyway, uh, in the interest of being truthful. Either craft mac and cheese, just the cheap box kind, or a frozen pot pie. Both sound fine. Or as we call it in Canada, craft dinner. That's true. Uh, We we put on our Canadian tuxedos (laughs) and uh, the all dinner. I don't like it anymore. You don't like craft dinner? No. And I loved it as a as a teen. And we a had adult. it the other day, yeah. Um, because we did not have buns, but we had a leftover, uh, really good kind of quality hot dog. Okay, so sliced up the hot dog. Yeah, put it in with the mac and cheese. It's good, it's very good. It was. Uh, it's it holds up. My I wife prefer to make puts, my own. Uh, my wife puts ketchup in it, and I cannot uh, abide that. I do that too. I but I like to make my own macaroni and cheese. Do you now. like uh, ketchup on scrambled eggs? Yeah, so okay. yeah, yeah. Yep. So does uh, so does she. Okay. <laughs> um, I like ketchup on a lot of things. Very good. Uh, uh, oh, frozen grilled pot- cheese sandwiches. Yes. Yes. Frozen pot pie. The Hamburgers. Kind of- okay, we're going to keep going with yes. this. All right. Very good. French fries. Okay. Well, yes. obviously. Uh, or frozen pot pie, the kind of those little individual pans frozen cooked in pot the oven, pies? not microwave. No, you don't put them on that. Uh, I do a I lot do. of cooking, so a special Be- thing is when points. I don't have to. Anyway, I'm a great fan of this podcast, uh, along with all your others, and proud to be a sneaker. Thanks for taking the time to put these out uh, for all of us fans. Thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate Not only that. is Laurel a sneaker, she's a prize-winning sneaker. She won one of our contests. Oh, very nice. I believe for the question and answer show. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I appreciate Not that we've that. had that many prize giveaways, and I should remember I these things, but it was a while ago. I appreciate even though there are no prizes for these answers, you are still giving answers. And that is uh, nice. Now, uh, Thank you, Laurel. It's always nice to hear from Laurel, you. Laurel mentioned her other podcasts. Yeah. Uh, as we come to the end of uh, this one, maybe we should mention uh, what uh, some of those are. Okay. All right. Now we already. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you three guesses. Okay. Okay. This show. Okay. It was uh, 14 episodes long. Okay. And it's our most popular podcast. 
Um, was this the one where we hunted people for sport and people That's could call right. in? It's and, the most uh, dangerous podcast. Yeah. You're right. That would be completely Beatles. That's correct. That's right. Okay, this podcast. We got chased down the street by uh, screaming podcast fans. <laughs> we did. And I fell Wong, on my face. I downloaded this cast. <laughs> um, I live very close to where the Beatles performed once. Yes, that's right. You do yeah, live a couple super blocks close. From, uh, You're pointing in the wrong from, direction right now, but you, yeah, you do live. The, that's uh, that's better. Yes, that's right. No, I was talking. They did perform in our backyard. <laughs> if only you had been pointing in your backyard. Yeah. Uh, okay. This podcast is about... Okay. I can't remember how many episodes it was, so I won't say that clue. But okay. we... Uh, it's our most recent sidecast. All right. What's that one? Okay. The most recent one was uh was was the podcast we did called uh what dave did last week <laughs> okay and we go over what you did last week mm-hmm. and we review it and yeah. uh and uh, we, then we realize wait a second we just already do the show it's called sneaky dragon uh, what true. are we Fair doing enough. It okay twice? then it would be full marks full marks is correct yeah. very good very sure. good very good although i guess fans is the side cast that would be our most but we don't we won't count, count that one okay we've already talked about that one yeah and then okay so then we only have one left that's a side cast that do you can you guess that one <laughs> Oh, the other, well, uh, yes, I would, I would say it's the one that uh, people who are big fans of Rin Tin Tin uh, yes. tune into and then are disappointed to find out we're actually talking about the character <laughs> Tin Tin, the Belgian uh, reporter. That's right. Uh, that's totally Tin Tin. But we also have a podcast that's going on now where you go uh, over uh, music. That's with, true. With, we your, also uh, with your daughter. Listening party, but, which is not a sidecast. It's a spinoff of the show, of course. Right. And technically, the difference is that what? It doesn't feature you. Have, but, it doesn't ooh, feature you. Okay. Very good. Sidecasts are ones where we take uh, popular topics that we like to talk about on the show. Or popics, I call or them. Or popics, <laughs> popular topics or popics. And we spin it off into a podcast, which I like to call a sidecast, because it's a beside our regular podcast. Nice. Um, the uh, Okay, so uh, I was going to say what Totally Tin Tin is that I think that is my favorite sidecast that we've done. Oh, interesting. Okay. Do you have a favorite one? Marks, probably. Okay. Uh, Because I'm not an expert in any way on Tintin, so I was playing the learning game. Well, uh, Beatles a little bit. Yeah. um, But I really didn't, hadn't read like any Tintin before uh, I got into that. But the Marx Brothers, I felt like I could talk about it on a comedy level and discuss things. So I felt like I could, I probably could contribute more to that one than I could the other mm. ones. Instead mm. of going, really? <laughs> okay. Or I'm given like a perspective of someone yeah. reading it for the first time. Yeah. Uh, though I hadn't seen most of the Marx Brothers movies. So yeah, it was so. interesting too because they were fresh to me. And there was always something each uh, episode where it was like a movie that I like, oh, there's at least something in each movie that I really liked. Yeah. Even the yeah. ones that were a bit of a drag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because obviously completely Beatles is just because it's about the Beatles. It's obviously our, our big, big, the big seller or whatever. Not that it sells, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I found with Totally Tintin, and it's funny you say that because what I liked about Totally Tintin the most is that I felt like that was a real collaboration between us. Okay. On something that I love a lot, which is I Tintin. I talk about comics and, and yeah. that perspective, but I just didn't know the... But characters, that, yeah, that but, well. but we could discuss the the mechanism of what we sure. were looking at, and and you know where it worked and where it didn't work, and things like that. I thought that was I thought that well, was one of my favorites was when we uh, was one of the last episodes where we actually like read a script out. Loud. That's right, we did the radio show version of it. And I, By um, that point, it just got silly and fun, and, yeah, yeah, and goofball. 
and, and yeah, but no, I, I, I did enjoy, I've enjoyed all of them, mm. but, uh, but yeah, the Marx Brothers one, I was also, also because by that point we kind of had our formula down. Sure. And so it was true. like, okay, we get how this goes yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. how, how this is going to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I've been, uh, I've been enjoying fan splainers as well. It's, uh, it's nice after I see a movie and go like, oh, uh, to be able to like, uh, kind of get that out in sure. a long form. Sure. I enjoyed doing the Dark Phoenix one we just did. Yeah, that was good. I, we didn't agree uh, about the film. So entirely. it's going to be the last episode, and that's the way it uh, goes. <laughs> we ended the episode, yep. whatever that was. We agree to disagree. Good day, <laughs> sir. Good day, sir. But no, that's what's what's fun about us is that we can have disagreements, and yet there's no uh, no hard feelings. I don't think so. Well, uh, check out my uh, sidecast <laughs> hard feelings. <laughs> I will give that a listen, yeah. but I'm not on it, so it's a spinoff. Yeah, and it's about uh, <laughs> uh, pornography. Oh, well, I don't maybe don't want to ch- don't want to check it out anymore. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was more about me than your feeling. Oh, about- it is. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's about pornography. I've written about you. I should. I do a lot of slash fic about uh, sneaky drag. <laughs> well, there's never been a better time to end this show, Ian. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, if you'd like to uh, write your own slash fic about us, um, here's how you can post it on our uh, on our page. Uh, we're at sneakydragon.com, and every episode of this show and those other podcasts I mentioned are on there, too. And underneath every one of them is space where you can write uh, your thoughts, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, most of those podcasts have their own uh, pages, including Sneaky Dragon, so please check those out. And if there isn't one, like we haven't got one, we don't have one for fan splainers yet. yet. So just uh, you can post anything Sorry. you want on Sneaky Dragon. That's fine. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Sneaky underscore Dragon, and we're uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com on Tumblr. If you like email, and quite a few of you seem to, that is uh, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, and Dave. Yes. I do not have questions for the week. Do you have a question for the nice people? Oh, I got one. And then, I'm sorry, I've asked okay. you for one and now I've got, I'll, I'll, do a, okay. I'll do a lower one. You do the upper one. So what's the main question? The main question this week will be, I think we should relate it to our fitness discussion. I was going to do oh, okay. a similar thing, yeah. Okay, well, so how do we phrase this? So let's say, do we want to know what the most people, weight of people, or is that too nosy? How about? I would say, I would say something that you've done that has that you found uh, worked for you okay uh, in getting to uh, you know where you want to be with your with your health with your health yeah that's yeah. a good one okay so let's just say that one more time so something that has worked for you to get to a happy place with your yeah. health okay so that'd be very nice to hear from people and uh, the secondary question is what surprises have you found along the way <laughs> what has there has your body done something random mm. have you noticed something did you not realize this or that or the other uh, or did you try something that just went like nope that was uh, the all grapefruit diet no no dice no thanks <laughs> did not fly I look at someone like um, a pendulette yes when he was uh, when he decided to you know, do a similar thing, lose a lot of weight quickly. He yeah. ate nothing but potatoes for like, you know, a yeah. number of uh, weeks. And uh, that seems not a good idea. No, me. it doesn't sound very healthy. I don't think he looked healthy either going through it. It's very strange, actually, when people that you know for a long time who have a certain weight and they lose it, you kind of you feel like, are they okay? <laughs> like they well, this is uh, <laughs> uh, a comedian, Charlie uh, Demers, who's also a really great uh, writer. Yeah. Um and and the voice of a slug in a Beatles uh, animated uh, series on Netflix, yeah. Beat Bugs. Um, 
he has a bit that he does about that, like as a big guy. Yeah. Just going like, you've got the big guy fantasy, and the big guy fantasy is when you lose the weight, you're going to look so handsome. Yeah, yeah. It'll be so great. This is incredibly good looking guy that is under all that weight. Mm. And as soon as you shed this, oh, brother, look out, world. Yeah. Here comes George Clooney. He's coming. <laughs> and I'm not doing it as well as he does it. Yeah. But he was going like, what if there isn't? What if there's just more of this? But like, just less of it. And I'm like, oh, no. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. Oh yeah. no! It's the big fear of like mm-hmm. when you do lose the weight. Yeah. What? Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, you might just end up looking like Penn Jillette still. Yeah. And, He's still uh, very good at magic. And, uh, he is, I wish but he I think I think he has a sort of obsessive personality, which I think is why he's good at magic, is that he can... Maybe, obs- yeah, it could be obsessive or could just, it's all or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah the kind of super discipline. He's, uh, he's, he's got a similar thing to Donald Trump, where it's just, you know, I've never drank a single drop of alcohol in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And I know you're uh, that not... Was, that was me too until uh, uh, last Christmas. Yeah. But it's the it's I had drinks before that. Yeah, I'm sure. But like the idea of like never in my life have yeah, I yeah. ever have alcohol touch my lips. Yeah. I've never had a single illegal drug. I've never had a single this and it's like, okay, that sounds fine, but but it it's uh, seems very extreme. <laughs> you know, no one's saying like yeah. do some angel dust and try it. Yeah. But like I've never done drugs at all. It's that's true. Right. But I as a teenager I did uh I did take a sip of alcohol a couple times. Right. Just because people were doing it, so I was like, okay, well. The only... Like, it's so good, Dave, you got to try it. And then, okay, it just tastes like cough syrup. I don't quite get the, I don't quite get it. No, it's like it's like anything. You got to get used to it and uh, have a reason to get used to yeah. it. And usually that is your peers being down with it or someone going, look, 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 I understand. Whiskey tastes terrible, except here's a really good whiskey. Yeah. See, see what you think of this. Just take a sip. Don't drink a lot. Just take a sip. You're gonna to have to get used to stuff oh. like this, and that's uh, that's, that's no thing. joke. I mean, I I'm I never liked wine, and mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons was because as a kid they did let me try wine, and if you're a kid and you try alcohol, ugh, yeah. awful. And I and like I, and I kept going into you know toes adult, and then P and I went on a trip to France, and yeah. uh, we had people give us good wine, and it was like oh, to the point where like five days later. We were like uh, in the hotel just going, yeah, it's weird. It's like uh, the air around here or something. It's like lighter. You just feel like your head's swimming. Something's going on. <laughs> and then and then we realized we've been drunk for five days. <laughs> oh, we have no tolerance for this. Oh, no. <laughs> this all makes sense now. All those people we oh, insulted. Oh, geez. What did we do? <laughs> the president. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, it was fine and it was worth it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it was. It was yeah. That's great. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess if what you're used to drinking is wine, is like that repulsive stuff they use for for Eucharist, yeah, or communion wine. Ugh, this well, garbage. And, and what you're used to is like you're a teenager. What can you get your hands on? Mm. Anything. Yeah, yeah. I could not drink uh, a peach cooler now <laughs> with a gun to my head because <laughs> that was the drink that we would drink as teenagers, okay. and just like. It's just so repulsive to me now and just immediately snaps <laughs> me back to very sick times. Yeah, no dice. No thank you. No thank you, sir. Um, we could ask that as a question another time too. Something like something like that. Uh, but we're not going to because we've asked you two questions already. And we've rambled uh, longer than we should have. But thank you so much yes. for listening, all we've, of you. We've gone past our usual time limit, everyone. You know us with our you know carefully, our carefully marshaled shows. That we can, I've watched we, the sun go down behind Dave's head. I've seen the crows <laughs> leave and fly to Richmond. Oh, I remember this uh, this from the ending of Blade Runner. Yes. Yeah. 
the things I've seen. The things you've seen. The podcasts I've listened to. <laughs> early Ricky Gervais. <laughs> we thought it was good. We were not right. And so on. That's a lot of laughter. Oh, yeah. He'll he'll laugh uh, for you if you don't laugh. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David. This has been yet another Sneaky Dragon. So many. Bye. Bye.